Hello listeners. Welcome to Growth NX podcast. My name is Preeti Padmanabhan, marketing executive, investor and board member. Our goal here is to share book reviews, leadership insights to help you with your growth. In this episode, we will review the book The Gifts of Imperfection by Brené Brown. We are excited to have Heather Jarahian who will share her views of the book. Heather, welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Tell us about yourself. Oh goodness. You know, it's so funny. Um <laughs> I like to call myself actually a hexagon and the reason for that is I have such a broad background. I unlike many people, I haven't just followed one specific path. So I'm a startup executive and a serial entrepreneur and now more recently an investor but I came um by way of all of this starting my career in large scale retail um then going over to the wholesale side of building very very large consumer brands doing sales and product development before then embarking on building my own companies um I built a global fashion brand um and I sold that company it was a premium denim jean brand in 2009 um then I went to go follow my personal passion of sustainability and went and helped build a startup organic farm on the east coast found my way back in the silicon valley which is where I was born and raised um and worked with an ag tech company um then I went on to work with you know another uh company where we launched over 100 proprietary products in less than 2 years um which was a pretty amazing remarkable feat and then most recently I was actually at an enterprise software company um that um did online compliance training so helping companies to build healthy workplace culture so um I say I'm a hexagon because I'm not that peg that fits in the round hole I am someone who's done many many things but the theme is really building and scaling companies and not just from you know um uh, top line revenue it's also kind of keeping an eye to profitability so um a long answer to your question but um you know and and really have a passion for uh women in leadership um and so that's how we got to meet which is so wonderful wow i am amazed by your career and uh, the variety right organic farming to jeans to enterprise software that is so amazing heather we are so excited to have you thank you so tell us about this book uh, the gifts of imperfection why does one need to read this book well if you haven't met brene brown i have to tell you i've heard her speak three times in person and she is just to me this remarkable woman she's just so um She feels like the the friend next door and she's got this really cool southern accent. Um she has a great sense of humor. She's so interesting. She talks about the fact that she's a shame researcher. And I thought, "Well, what is a shame researcher and why do I, what what would she have to say?" But so much of what she talked about was just so simple and practical. It made so much sense to me. And yet when you weave it all together, the power and transformation you get is is really remarkable um you know when you hear someone speak and they leave just such a visual imprint on your brain mhm well she put up on the screen all these different pictures of herself 
from her childhood and like from when she was a really little girl and she like sort of like said she was like this confident little girl like who wasn't afraid to speak her mind and then you know she showed all these other ones in the middle and then she showed when she in the 80s you know her flock of seagulls period where she had this asymmetrical haircut and what was so funny is so many of her photos just really resonated with me i had the same asymmetrical haircut when i uh -huh. was around that same age we're, we're similar ages but what she shared which just totally hit me she said that we often walk away from different parts of ourselves like that little girl who was just fearless and you know willing to speak her mind and then things happen and then we start to separate ourselves mm -hmm. and we're afraid to share our stories of who we are because we start to conform ourselves to what we think people want us to be and it was like, oh my God, that's so true. If I were to look at different periods of pictures in my life, mm -hmm. there are all these like disparate people, if you think about it. And you can't be one person without integrating and accepting all these different people. You can't just like go, I'm going to carve out this person, that decade that I didn't like of myself. You can't do that. And so... I love when she describes the book of the gifts of imperfection is letting go of who you you're supposed to be mm -hmm. who you are like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. It sounds so simple, but yet that exercise of her showing those photos was like, Oh my gosh, you're right. There's so many pieces of myself that like, I don't feel great about or, you know, a period of time when I didn't, I lost my voice. And so this book and the way that Brene just sort of is so vulnerable and sharing her stories and so matter of fact, just really made such an impact for me. Absolutely. And you brought, brought up so many nuggets of wisdom there. I love that point too, about how the shame is something we don't need to tie ourselves to. Getting rid of that and then finding our true self. That is phenomenal. Thank you, Heather. She talks about something called the wholehearted living. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, you know, so, I mean, wholehearted living is, it, to me, it's sort of that congruency of like who we are um, and how we show up in the world. And so that's really what, to me, in my most simplest way of explaining um, is what it is. And I don't know about you, but self-love is a huge piece of this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, finding that ability to love ourselves, it, again, these are things that sound really simple, but they're really not when you start peeling back all the things that we shame ourselves for feeling like we're not good enough. That's really what wholehearted living is, is it's sort of this, like, again, weaving all these different parts of ourselves together to create that congruency so that how I'm feeling about myself and then who I'm showing up today to be is the same. Yeah. And, and she talks about how only when you love yourself, you can actually share that with others. Right. So oftentimes we feel that we can share the love to others, but we cannot love ourselves, And that is such a hindrance for us to actually show our true love. Yes. So the title itself is very interesting. Imperfection, right? The gifts of imperfection. One doesn't need to be perfect. And she has three gifts, courage, compassion, and connection. 
So tell us why are they considered gifts and what has been your experience looking at these three gifts? I think Brene kind of explains these three, the courage, the compassion, the connection is practicing those in our daily lives is how we cultivate our worthiness. You know, when I think of courage to share our truth, to tell a story, you know, again, it's those parts of us that maybe we wanted to walk away from because we didn't feel great about them, but to be able to accept those things about ourselves and to talk about them takes courage. Compassion, you know, being able to share in truth, like where we really are, Mm -hmm. um, to share that with someone else. And an important distinction that um, Brene brings about is that it's being able to share it with someone else, but someone who's earned the right to hear it. And I think that's a really important thing, particularly a lot of this is us finding the courage, like I said, to speak our truth. And that makes us vulnerable. And so it's also considering like, who do I feel comfortable sharing that with? And that's the connection. Like, who do I share a connection with Mm -hmm. that would be the right person, the right time, the right topic to have that conversation with. So when you weave those three things together, that is how she's put this whole concept of wholehearted living um, together. You said it right. The connection is so important. How can we leverage our connections and then bring out our courage to share this happened to me? How do I get out of it? You know, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And one other really important thing that, I mean, again, that she just said that like, you know, if you saw my book, I've read it a few times. I have underlined, starred, and one of the things I starred, I think like four times, like four stars, like this is super important. She describes when you stop believing in yourself, like when you stop believing in your worthiness, you Mm -hmm. hustle for it. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, we all know this, like, when have you done that tap dance to make people like you, pay attention to you, pick you? So there was just something really true about that of like hustling for your worthiness this concept that made so much sense to me. Wonderful. Um, So I'd love to talk about the power of love, belonging, and being enough. You know, I think it's it's kind of just like a core human need, that sense of belonging, um, that sense of being seen and heard. And not only have I felt that, but, you know, as someone who's led companies and worked with so many different personalities and people, you see that real human, that real human need um, for people to feel confident so they can grow in their careers. And again, you know, the difference really about when we talk about all these things is like, what is your belief in your own worthiness? I I remember when a friend shared with me, she's like, you know, to build self-esteem, you need to do esteemable acts. And I was like, oh, well, of course that makes perfect sense. But, you know, it's also kind of being that reflection for people. Like Mm -hmm. I said, people that I've mentored, of reflecting back to them of what I see that is so amazing in them that they might not see in themselves so that they can start to identify with that and start cultivating that. And then it kind of spreads. Then they become a mentor to someone else. And so to me, that, that part of just, I am enough. Mm-hmm. is huge. And it's, it's a human. Oh, sorry. One second. No problem. Um, 
I actually um, hit a button on my phone and was attempting to call 911. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that. No, we don't want that. Um, yeah. All is okay here. We're talking about uh, worthiness. So I think that that thing of people being able to feel confident in themselves. And, you know, it reminds me of Oprah. Um, it, you know, another thing that just sort of impacted me is she shared that after every interview she's done, it doesn't matter if it was a world leader or the person next door, after every single one, they'd lean in and ask her, did I do okay? Because mm. we all have this need of knowing that like we're enough, that we've been seen, we've been heard, that we matter. And so to me, that's kind of like what all of this encompasses and what it's about. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and I loved that 911 interruption. Right? I, <laughs> I was trying to silence my phone and instead I called 911, but I canceled it luckily. So, um, but if we have fire trucks here or anything, we'll, yeah, but I think we're okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so tell us what can get in the way of wholehearted living. It, to me, it's all the basic stuff. It's shame. Mm -hmm. It's fear. Fear is a big one for me. And, you know, it's interesting that we're having this conversation right now because the world is providing so many opportunities for us to be working through fears because, um, you know, we have the pandemic. Um, we've had the wildfires in California. You know, there's smoke. Um, we're in a year of elections, presidential elections, and, and there's so much unrest with what's going on um, in this country. So those are the things that get in the way, letting that fear sort of like build into something bigger. And for me, it's all about doing sort of the soul work, being comfortable with being uncomfortable and realizing that it's sort of a process. It, it takes time. And also just acknowledging sometimes like, yeah, it is a little scary. And again, having those conversations with others to know that we're not alone. This is being vulnerable, being able to reach out and talk to others, I think is, is an important piece of that. It is actually an interesting time happening right now. We pretty much talked about the first few chapters of Brené's book here. And uh, the next 10 chapters talked about 10 guideposts. Very interesting, uh, starting with cultivating authenticity all the way to cultivating laughter. Uh, tell us about some of the high points there that hit you. Yeah. So, you know, what's amazing about her book is the beginning chapters really kind of lays out her whole, her wholehearted living. And then these 10 guideposts kind of really break them down into smaller pieces. And again, they're so simple. Like the first one, cultivating authenticity. I mean, one of my favorite things, letting go of what other people think. Like mm -hmm. when you really sit down and you're honest with yourself, at least for myself, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for me. Like it is remarkable how much time I have spent worrying about what other people think, which means that maybe I'm afraid to speak up in a conversation and share something for fear of being told I'm stupid or ridiculed, which you and I both know that it does happen, but I just know that when I feel at ease in my life, it's mm -hmm. when I actually don't care what other people think. When there's this like internal confidence, like I, I know I'm enough. And 
honestly, I think people like being around me more when I'm not trying to prove myself. I'm not trying to hustle for my worthiness. And, and even one of my favorite sayings is, it's really none of your business what other people think. And that I actually remind myself of because it gets me out of my head and more into my heart and more about, well, what's important to me? That's so cool. It's whatever other people think is their business. Right, right. right. I think Brene says in her book something about like sacrificing ourselves for the sake of what other people think just isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. And that's just so true. You know, and I think some of that comes with age and life experience, mm-hmm. but so much of this, like if I had only had this book 20 years ago, I probably would have saved myself a lot of pain, but sometimes, you know what, we all have to kind of walk through things and experience them. But for where I am in my life and career now, this stuff just makes perfect sense. Wonderful. The second guidepost, she talks about self-compassion and in fact, uh, it is actually aligns with the title, Letting of Perfectionism. Uh, can you share some stories on that? Well, so I am an absolute perfectionist. If, if anything, I would say at this point, I'm like a recovering perfectionist. I mean, even on my desk, I have two statements to myself. The first one is done is better than perfect and take imperfect steps every day. It, it is amazing how much we have this sense of that everything needs to be perfect. And in truth, it's not necessary. For me, perfectionism correlates with being paralyzed. Mm. Like so much of the time when we're trying to get something to absolute perfection, it's incrementally not that different than if we had just said, it's kind of like the 80-20 rule, spending 20% effort to get it 80% the way there, or you could spend 100% effort to get it 100% there but that's a whole lot of extra work. And so for me to sort of adopt that sort of mentality has been freeing. And she also correlates that shame is actually the birthplace of perfectionism. She correlates how these things go together and mm-hmm. um, why being able, like I said, to be a recovering perfectionist is so important. And really the antidote is self-compassion, self-kindness, self-forgiveness. I love that recovering perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could go with that too. Yeah. <laughs> We're all learning. Out here. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then she talks about the resilient spirit uh, in guidepost three, cultivating a resilient spirit. It's interesting. So, I, you know, I would say I'm definitely a resilient person and um, tenacity and grit are some of the things that are like hallmarks of being a great leader. But the more that I've sort of broken that down, for me, it's about sitting in the discomfort, finding the courage to be able to speak my truth, and also just cultivating spirituality in my life, having a trust that there's something bigger than me that I can put my faith in, because I really can't control everything. When I sort of understood, like, I can't control everyone and everything, that's my powerlessness. Um, There's freedom in that. And so this idea of, you know, having a resilient spirit, it's like the tenacity and grit, yet it's partnered with a spirituality of trust and faith. Totally. I think, you know, even recognizing that we don't have power over everything. Yes. So that is great. I think we talked about the first three guideposts. Are there any other guideposts you would like to highlight? Actually, the fourth one was a really big one. And, and the reason it's a big one is it's, it's talking about cultivating gratitude and joy mm-hmm. and letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark. 
Mm-hmm. And for me, the reason this one was so important is scarcity, fear of financial insecurity, whatever scarcity might mean to you, just like that you don't have enough. And I've kind of come to learn that whenever I'm feeling sorry for myself, or I feel like things just aren't going well, when I create a gratitude list, like it really shifts my perspective. Brene also talks about Lynn Twist, um, who wrote the book, The Soul of Money, and this idea of sufficiency. And so it's something I've really adopted when I'm feeling like, if you can think about where we are right now as a country, mm-hmm. with financially, there's so much financial insecurity in, this, in, in the country. What's going to happen to all these small businesses? What's going to happen with all these last jobs? It's, it's kind of this constant concern that there's not enough. When I sort of break it down to today, everything is sufficient. I'm fine. You know, and I focus on the things that I'm really grateful for. It kind of, it gets me out of that. And so for me, that was just a really good um, learning. Also the one where she talks about letting go of comparison. I mean, I don't know about you, but there's nothing more than when I start comparing myself to other people. These are typically via social media and people tend to on social media, put them their best selves forward. But you know, when I start comparing myself to that, there's nothing more that takes me down the rabbit hole. Understanding that comparison, we always think the grass is always greener, but that's not always the case. And, and so I think just, you know, kind of knowing, uh, and again, building more self-confidence, worthiness in ourselves makes us less, have less of a need to be comparing ourselves to other Wonderful, Heather. This is great. I loved the conversation here. And you certainly have given us a lot of nuggets to think about. Are there any parting words that you would like to share with our listeners here? Thank you so much for inviting me. It was just, it was so fun to talk about it because for me, cultivating self-awareness has been so important in terms of showing up as not only an authentic leader, but an authentic friend. Anyhow, it was really great to be able to share, share this with you today. Thank you, Heather. And thank you, listeners. I hope you pick up this book and check it out and then figure out what guideposts align with your life. Thank you again for tuning in.